Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. And let's welcome Pastor Ross as he comes to share the word today. Wow. Wow, it's great to be in church. And we got the choir stand ready. I was here for practice on Thursday night. We're going to have an amazing night tonight. We've got some incredible items and the kids will be on stage and we've got lots of fun happening. So if you haven't invited your family or neighbours or friend, go and grab them after church. Invite them along. We're going to have an awesome time starting at 5 o'clock outside and then the main concert, as soon as it gets dark, just about 6.30, we'll be in to do that. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. We just love you so much. I thank you for your love surrounding us filling us, overflowing us, captivating our hearts today because in your presence is fullness of joy. Your word is in your presence. Your love just pours out and overflows us because you're a good, good father. And I pray today as we look again at the good news, Lord, that you would inspire us and touch our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. God bless you. Wow. December, Christmas time. I put my Christmas lights up yesterday, started on the Christmas tree, all that stuff that happens um, in December. Some of you are thinking, really? Yep, three weeks to go. And uh, it's so exciting. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 14. It's a well-known passage of when the angels came. And I just love this passage because there's so much exciting stuff in there. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Wow. You've got to realize that it was hundreds of years since uh, prophets had spoken or these things, uh, events were happening. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. And what an awesome passage of Scripture that focuses our attention for this month of uh, December and as we move towards the Christmas season. I want to pick up two key words in there. It's the uh, angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I want to talk about good news today. Do you know the word gospel is good news? That's what the word gospel means. So when we preach the gospel, when we teach the gospel, when we express the gospel, we're expressing good news, not bad news, which is what we see most of the time on our television screens. Not bad news when we talk to our neighbours and they're overwhelmed and, and swamped by the political confusion. They're overwhelmed because of family breakdown. They're overwhelmed because of uncertainty with finances and how's it all going to work out. So many things come and it's bad news. And what about the self-talk that goes on in our own heads? Often the enemy just sows seeds and we've got bad news. You're not good enough. You're a failure. You, you'll mess it up again. And, and all these words come and you're rejected. It's the bad news that just plays over in our minds and our hearts if we let it. It was also an amazing good news because the prophets hadn't spoken for 400 years there had been 400 years of silence 
basically from heaven. 400 years. That's a whole lot of generations. Mate, if someone didn't speak to you for 400 years, that's a long time. We don't, none of us live that long. So it was not bad news, and it wasn't no news. It was awesome good news. And that's what we have today to carry, to live out in our lives. And I want to have a little look at what the Word talks about the gospel, the good news. And God wants us to be carriers of this good news to our community. It's so easy to be drawn into the negative. Even expecting bad news instead of good news. And most of us, for whatever reason, lean to the negative. You can have one compliment and you can have one negative thing. Guess what you remember most? The negative. You can have one compliment and ten negative things. Or you can have ten positives and one negative. Guess what you, what you, you remember? You remember the negative. Which somehow there's the, the old sin nature has a disposition to go for the negative. And yet this is good news that Jesus is, has come. Why do we live like that? We live in a world where many lives are dysfunctional and broken, but God is saving and restoring. I want to challenge us today to expect the best. Expect the best and listen for good news. What happens when you get a phone call from a relative you haven't heard from for six months? We immediately expect bad news. Someone's sick or someone's died. What about it? They might be ringing to say, hey, someone's going to have a baby. Or, hey, we sold, we sold this and we got three times what we expected. But nearly always we expect the worst instead of the best. Why is that? It's because we're just conditioned to think bad news and negative instead of believing for positive. Now, often bad news does happen. We live in a broken world and Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. So there is a lot of stuff happens in and around our lives. What are we going to do? Are we going to ignore it? No, we face it with Christ and His strength and faith. And so good news can come out even, even out of the bad. That which is meant for evil, God can turn it for good. And so when we add Christ and faith, the good news of the gospel will turn around the bad news that happens around our lives and our world and our community. And that's the message of Christmas. Mark 1.15, look at what Jesus did when he first started preaching. It says, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near Repent and believe the good news. That's how Jesus started preaching his message. He came to preach good news. Repent, deal with the past, and let's declare the good news that God has spoken after 400 years. He's come. I was reading a while ago when Jesus prayed for, he came across the funeral and raised that 12-year-old boy back to life. And the message version says, and God has showed up in our neighborhood again. I love that. He showed up again. And this is what Jesus did. He came and revealed the Father. And He's still showing up today by His Spirit and grace. And He shows up through you and I. He shows up through every church. And every time we speak and live out the gospel. The message, no, the Amplified says, Now after John the Baptist was arrested and taken into custody, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And saying, the appointed period of time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance. 
Seek God's purpose for your life and believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news regarding salvation. There it is. That's what Jesus came to preach, good news. And that's what we are, carriers of good news. Let's have a look at some of the characteristics of the gospel, this good news. Number one, it displays the glory of Christ. 2 Corinthians 4.4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the gospel is about revealing Jesus, his fullness, his life, his power, his ever-present help in time of need. The message version says, it's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him starting with Jews and then right on to everyone else. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith, confirming what Scripture has said all along. The person in right standing before God by trusting Him really lives. Wow. So if you want to really live, trusting Jesus and including Him in every part of your life and your relationships, that's how you really live. God wants us to live with that goodness. So number one, the gospel it displays the glory of Christ. Number two, this gospel is eternal. It's just not, the news cycle is so rapid these days. You can have this amazing story that's on every social media platform, every news thing. Three, three days later, that story is gone because another 10 have taken their place. And so news comes and goes so rapidly, you can't keep up with it. You just sort of get swamped, you know. But this good news has now been going for over 2,000 years, and it gets stronger and better and better. So this gospel is now, and it's eternal. It is good news. So that when someone meets Jesus and gets saved now, they get transformed the same as when someone met Jesus when he was on earth. There is something happens. The power of the gospel. It's so, so awesome. When you got saved weeks or months or decades ago, when you helped lead someone to Jesus, now they experience the same forgiveness that you did. They experience the same overwhelming love. They come in and worship in a service like this and they're singing those incredible songs of you're a good, good father. That's who you are. They feel his goodness just like you have and are and are continuing. So this gospel is eternal. It's not just a flash in the pan, something that's now... The flavor of the month while Jesus walked on the earth, it's got stronger and stronger and more powerful all over the earth. 1 Peter 1.25 says, But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word, the good news of salvation, which we preached to you. And Revelation 14.6 refers to the eternal gospel. Don't believe the world's lies that says the church is dying. You know, oh, it's becoming irrelevant. And uh, I remember reading a story in France a couple hundred years ago, in 250 years ago in the 1770s, where one of the famous philosophers said, within 100 years, the church will be dead and there'll be no more Bibles. Guess what? 100 years later, the very place this guy lived was the head of the Bible Society of France. <laughs> I think God's got a sense of humor, eh? <laughs> the very building is where they set up. God, God is powerful and His gospel is eternal. It will never, ever end. Don't ever 
settle with, oh, well, we're losing our sphere of influence. No, the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Thirdly, it demonstrates God's power. That's what Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. I was thinking about the gospel. It's the power of God that brings salvation, the power of God. We just celebrated communion. When Jesus died on the cross and then rose again, that power that caused him to rise again, that power that has healed many of our bodies, that power that brings creative miracles and provision and breakthrough and protection and angelic hosts that watch over us, that power, it's all powerful. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, if he's got it all, that means the devil's got none. He's only a usurper and tries to take over when we give him space. We're going to understand, he says, all authority, so there's none left for the kingdom of darkness. That's what Jesus did. And yet we live with this thinking, well, the devil's so powerful and darkness, it's going to overtake the world. Rubbish. Jesus defeated all darkness. He says, all authority is in my hand and I give it to you to spread it out across the earth. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Don't be deceived and think, well, we're just sort of struggling to get through. No, we've got to understand the power of the gospel and not be ashamed of it because it is so, so powerful. It lives in our hearts. It can transform our lives. The enemy will lie to you and say, well, you can never really be free of that addictional stronghold. You can never really get over that bad start and that dysfunction you had in your life. You can never really break through the limitations of your soul. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because we serve the all-powerful God. The gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Not those who just have a good understanding, but to everyone who believes. Every nationality, every background. It's the power of God. That's the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to declare. And we need to live in the power of it. Number four, this gospel calls us to a new lifestyle. 2 Thessalonians 2.14, in the Amplified it says, I was to this end, it was to this end that he called you through our gospel. The good news of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, so that you may obtain and share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel has called you to salvation, but it's called you to live a different life. It has called you to live a kingdom life. It's called you to live a life of purpose. It's called you to live a life where you don't selfishly use your gifts and opportunities for self, but for God and for people. It's called you to serve His church. It's called you to live higher than what you would have outside of Jesus Christ. It's called you to live a selfless life. It's called you to live a generous life. It's called you to live a caring life, a loving life, something that rises above the impatience and selfishness of humanity. It has called you and I 
to live an amazing, large life. I thank God I, I'm getting ready to go back to India next month with a team of four of us heading over. And every time I go, I just say, God, this is amazing. I was brought up in a little country town, shy as, and couldn't speak in front of anyone. Here I am going and speaking to thousands of people and, and just imparting to pastors and leaders and amazing me. I said, God, every time I go, I said, this is amazing. Every Sunday I get up and speak and have the privilege of inspiring you to live lives with a call of the gospel. I think, God, your call grabbed my life and changed me from living a small life to a much larger life. Don't settle for a small life. This powerful gospel will call you to live higher and run further and expand greater and think greater thoughts than ever you have because it calls us after. Not only does it call us, it also saves us and transforms us. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 says, Now, brothers and sisters, let me remind you once again of the good news of salvation, which I preached to you, which you welcomed and accepted, and on which you stand by faith. By this faith you are saved, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for His purpose, if you hold firmly to the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain, just superficially and without complete commitment. Wow, some of us had a radical conversion. Others of us started with a limited understanding, but we just kept growing. Some came in with mixed understanding or motives and they sort of didn't commit themselves fully and, and then pulled back or got sidetracked. And then weeks or months or years later, you came and fully understood what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. God knows our hearts. He takes us on this journey. Maybe today you're here and someone's invited you along or and you don't know this amazing Jesus. I want to say he's calling you today. He's calling you to a greater life. He's calling you to repent of your sin and embrace a new lifestyle. Maybe you're a believer and say, well, I've just wandered in and out and I've taken a hold of Jesus when I've needed him, but then I've just still been in control myself. He says there's a better life. He saves us. Also, this gospel gives us peace. There's always been a mystery to me when you talk about the spiritual armor. Ephesians 6.15. And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace. Wow. In preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. It says to put on your feet... The shoes of the gospel of Pete, not, not Peter's smelly joggers. No, we're, we're putting on, we're putting on shoes of the gospel of peace. So in other words, wherever you walk, wherever you go in life, you can carry this gospel of peace. Wherever you go, it says wherever you tread, whatever you put your foot on, you can claim that for the kingdom of God. Wherever you go, you are prepared. Every day that you get up, whether you're feeling awesome or overwhelmed, don't forget Christ lives within you. And there's people that are desperately thirsty for some seed of hope in the gospel, the good news. Live a life worthy of this gospel so that people are drawn and curious. The shoes of the gospel of peace. Also, this gospel, it gives hope. 
Colossians 1.23. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed in, to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. He became a servant to Christ, the good news of the gospel, and he gave his life for that. And as believers, we can give our life in service. And I just feel the Spirit of God stirring some hearts that some have got a bit weary and you've just settled back thinking, oh, this has become a bit too hard. Today I want to stir your heart and the gospel's calling you. Hey, our life runs by way too quickly. I end up doing probably on average one funeral a month or every six weeks. And every time I'm there doing a funeral, I think, wow, this person's life is over. It's over so quick. Lord, our lives rush by nearly another Christmas. I can't believe. It can't be 12 months ago since we were putting up the Christmas lights. It just can't be. It feels like about three or four months. I think, boy, life just... Lord, I want my life to count. I want to carry your gospel. Lord, I want to carry this hope. I want to live it out whether I'm feeling good or bad today. You're within me, therefore the gospel still has the power. It's the seed of the gospel that changes lives. Not how good you're feeling or how close even you're feeling to God, but the power is in the gospel, the word of the living God, the good news. It's written in the scriptures to transform lives because sometimes we forget and our experiences go up and down like this. But the word of the Lord endures forever just like the gospel. So when you pray the word, when you sow the word, when you teach the word, when you share stories of your own life, how it's transformed you, it can transform their lives. It gives us hope. It also gives us amazing life. 2 Timothy 1.8 So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or about me, his prisoner. But with me, take your share of suffering for the gospel. Sometimes you suffer for the gospel. People react. Their eyes are blinded, so therefore they react to the truth. Some of you are in workplaces where it gets really intimidating at times. Some of you have unsaved family members, and they will sometimes just harass you and torment and persecute. There are times where there is a price to pay <clears throat> for the gospel, but boy, it's worth it. It says you might have suffering for the gospel, continue to preach regardless of the circumstances, in accordance with the power of God. And he'll give you wisdom how to do it and respectfully and touch people's hearts. For his power is invincible. For he delivered us and saved us and called us with a holy calling, a calling that leads to a consecrated life, a life set apart, a life of purpose. Not because of our words, works or because of any personal merit. We could do nothing to earn this. But because of his own purpose and grace, his amazing undeserved favor, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, eternal ages ago. But now that extraordinary purpose and grace has been fully disclosed and realized by us through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who through his incarnation and earthly ministry abolished death, making it null and void and brought life and immortality to light, how? Through the gospel, the good news, the gospel. Oh God, help us to live with the power of this gospel. 
Two more things, it grows and bears fruit, this gospel. Colossians 1.6. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it had been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. The gospel is growing powerfully. There's estimates between 70 to 100,000 people a day come to Christ throughout the world. And our Western world and the Western media makes us think the church is dying. No, they just don't get the picture because they're looking through eyes that are blinded to the big picture of what's really happening. There's a surging, there's a, a, a hunger in humanity. The darker it gets out there, the greater the hunger for the light. The less hope there is in the world, the more they see hope in your lives and the Word of God. And I pray at this Christmas time, invite someone to come along tonight. Invite someone to come along to church. Have someone over to your place for a meal over this Christmas season and get just let God's love flow. You don't have to preach and have 25 scriptures to lay on them before you have, uh, don't pray a 35-minute prayer for grace and preach the gospel in it and turn them off. Just sow a seed and let love flow and find out what's happening in their world and see and sow a seed of hope because God's love is very, very powerful. An interesting thought, this gospel tolerates no rival. These are some pretty solid words here. Galatians 1, 6 to 8. I am astonished, Paul's writing to the Galatians, I am astonished that you so, are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Uh-oh. Which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Wow, they are pretty strong words. Because the enemy will try and sometimes... Greedy humanity will try and pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it's by grace that they'll get you doing all these religious works and rules. Or Jesus isn't the only way, and if you do this and this and this, then that will, you'll, you'll make it to heaven. And those lies are rolled out, have been coming around for 2,000 years. And false religions arise. And Jesus, they said, what will be the sign of the last times? And Jesus said, the first thing he said was, beware of deception. So we've got to know the gospel. Just because someone uses the right words and knocks on your door doesn't mean they have the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Make sure that we live out of truth and the Holy Spirit leads us and the Word of God in its entirety is our foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we live and we serve. You don't go around judging others that are doing it wrong. Pray for them and try and reach them with the truth of Jesus Christ. We need to believe this gospel, we need to confess it, we need to live it out, we need to tell others. I love these verses. We used to sing this as a song. Some of you remember it when we get to it. Romans 10 verse 8 to 15. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If, we, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, 
and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture said, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Have a look at your feet. Have a look at your neighbor's feet. Wow. Some of you got shoes on so you can't see the, the bunged up toes and the But hey, the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How powerful is that? And some of you have the unique privilege of being in a family where there's a whole lot of people not yet saved. God's put you there so that you can carry the good news by love, by words, by actions, by gifts. Wow. Wow. carry the gospel with good news. I was talking to Glenda Sullivan the other day and she's, God stirred her heart to, for as many of the transformation families' kids, she buys this picture Bible and gives it to them and sows the seed. And then they start reading it to their parents. I remember many years ago, we lived at Nambour and we had this family lived up on hill, an older couple, and they were just successful business people, but we could never really get them with the gospel. They had one grandchild, one child and one grandchild. And this little four-year-old grandchild came and was down near our place and we ended up talking to him and, and giving a gift and Mary Lynn felt in the heart to buy the Bible and the story, storybook Bible and give it as a Christmas present to him. This little boy, he'd never heard the gospel. He went back to his parents in Rockhampton with this gift and says, why didn't you tell me what Christmas is really about and who Jesus is? A four-year-old and his, par- and his parents and grandparents and he says, why didn't you tell me the truth? So they started, out of guilt, they started reading through this to their four and the grandparents came down and said, our little grandson loves that book, loves the book. Parents weren't too excited because they were challenged about their selfish lifestyle. Grandparents were really touched. I thought, wow, you never know how you preach the gospel. It might be an act of kindness that opens the door for someone's heart. It may be a prayer of faith when they are totally overwhelmed and they don't know where to turn and your prayer of faith is the only link they have to some good news for their life. Wow, God, just help us. That verse, how beautiful are the feet of the who bring good news, I found it twice more in the Bible, believe it or not. It's actually quoted out of Isaiah 52 verse 7. In the Amplified it says, How beautiful and delightful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace, who brings good news of good things, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Woo! That's good news. How beautiful are the feet. In other words, wherever you go, make sure you carry 
good news. Hey, life happens and sometimes we get upset and disappointed. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers when we think He should or could. Occasionally another Christian upsets us and we think, wow, what, what a hypocrite they are and they supposed to worship God. Don't be distracted because if you know Jesus, you're to be a carrier of good news, not bad news. Deal with that in your heart with God. Ask God for wisdom, how to forgive and to speak the truth in love, to resolve things. Don't fall into the traps of the enemy so your message of good news gets tainted and it's a mixture of good and bad and people don't get the glory of Christ that the gospel is meant to be. Oh, to carry is good news. 1 Timothy 4, 4 says, For everything God created is good. Oh. And nothing is to be rejected if it is re- received with thanksgiving. Because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truth of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Mate, the word good is everywhere because it's good news. It is really, really good news. This gospel we sing about. Last verse, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This gospel is good news, so it changes us, so we want to do good. Bible says Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. What about doing bad? Now he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Wow, this is good news. This is, this is powerful news that we live out. Let's not be ashamed or hide it in any way. Let's be carriers of this good news. Let's bow our heads in prayer for a moment. Just, just ask the Holy Spirit saying, wow. Maybe your heart just wants to thank God for this incredible good news that has touched your life and your family. Parents, sowing the good news into your kids that God's a good God. Even when tough things happen and sickness occurs and setbacks happen, I want you to sow the truth that God's a good God. And He can turn all things together for good. Father, I pray for each one of us right now. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts that this Christmas season we'll be reminded this is the greatest news. This is good news because you're a good God and you love humanity and you've sent your son Jesus to this earth. And Lord, let us let it burn in our hearts this good news. And Holy Spirit, help us to be creative in how we communicate that good news, how we demonstrate that good news, how we love people into a place of openness where they can receive the good news, where we help invite them to places in our home or in church or wherever so they can be touched by this good news afresh, oh God. And Lord, if our hearts have been damaged or wounded or tarnished, and we've pulled back from the understanding of how good this is through our own difficulty or pain, I pray today, Lord, you would just cleanse our hearts and you would overflow us with how good you are right now. Oh, Jesus. Maybe today you're sitting in this place as our eyes are closed and you say, wow, I don't think I've ever really understood this good news so clearly. I've heard about it. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while. You say, I don't, I don't know this, if this gospel has really changed my heart. Or maybe once you knew about it, 
I'm not talking about religious. I'm not talking about saying some prayers. I'm talking about knowing this amazing Jesus who came to be the Savior of the world to bring hope, forgiveness, cleansing and transformation for our lives. There's some young people, there's some older people here today, I believe that the Spirit of God's calling, this gospel is calling you to respond to Jesus. If that's you today and you say, wow, Pastor Ross, I really need to experience this salvation for the first time or I need to come out of darkness or religion or pain or even self-sufficiency to a place of surrender. If that's you today and you say, please pray for me, I want to open my heart or come back to him, just lift your hand and say, that's me. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 